Spartanburg, South Carolina. Gentlemen, start your engines. Impact's pre-owned presents Start Your Engines. Find your next car, truck, or SUV at Impact's pre-owned on Asheville Highway in Boiling Springs and impactspreowned.com. Here's your racing team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Author and veteran motor sports journalist, Deb Williams. Local action from winning car builder and owner, Alan Hill. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. And now, here's your host for Start Your Engines. Racing historian and author, Harry Allen Wood. And good morning and welcome to a special Sunday morning edition of Start Your Engines. And uh, looks like it's turning into a beautiful day out there. I see some light coming in from someplace like the sun's coming out. And um, I don't know if I'm going to be so lucky up at Bristol. Good morning, Greg. How y'all doing? This is our Sunday edition. And man, that dirt up there, we done seen them practice and stuff. It's, it's, It's neat. I just hope that they're able to get it in and that front moves through and so we can see something tonight, but not probably see it tomorrow. But what we've seen so far is pretty doggone interesting. Alan, how are you this morning? Doing good. What do you think about that being the dirt man you are? A uh, little, uh, I could have used a little bit more preparation right there. Uh, like I said, starting off there at 5 o'clock, had the cars there on pit road. And uh, our trucks on pit road and gonna send them out there, and they didn't have the track ironed in. You know, kind of like I told you. Uh, usually, you got to have some. You know, they had the Packer cars there the day before. Yeah, and you got to iron that tra- race track in before you send some car trucks out there. Anything. Friday looked pretty good though. Friday looked real good out there. I mean, uh, but, uh, but haven't they been racing for like two weeks? Uh, they have, but uh, this is uh, the first time you had windshields in race race cars or race That's trucks. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, they could if you weren't on the front row, you it wasn't doing you any good. That's from uh, Mike Mahler. <laughs> He's an old dirt racer. He was up on that front row, and he he knew right fast. If I wasn't out front, I was going to get covered up, but... Uh, that's whenever you bring out them cans of WD-40 and you spray up underneath them trucks and stuff. You spray WD-40 or PAM. If they would have sprayed the front ends of them trucks with PAM and stuff like that, that, that mud would have fell off. Is that right? Yeah. Well, how non- come somebody non- doesn't know that? Non-stick PAM. Yeah. A, a $2 can of PAM sprayed it on the front. You know, don't get me wrong. Yeah. You, well, th- this was my question. And... uh Man, buddy, mine, Larry, helps with the show a little bit. He never comes on, but we were looking at things about that mud deal. And, you know, we always used to have the shaker and everything. What you're saying, I've always heard of, of the PAM and the WD-40. Alan Hill, you need to been up there to correct them a little bit because you've run a lot of dirt and it's run cup and knows what's going on. Somebody dropped the ball on that deal a little bit. But, but they had enough people up there all week that they should have known this, shouldn't they? Uh, I knew uh, whenever they was talking about on Friday afternoon practice, they was getting a few ruts in the racetrack. Yeah, they were. Not, they, which the ruts wasn't that bad. Don't get me wrong. Kyle Larson moved up on that high side. Uh, if you stayed down there in the ruts, you seen what it done to the right rear tires. 
Uh, yeah. It's going to wear them out in 30 laps. I saw what it did to some of those front end uh, splitter. I don't do they actually, I don't think they actually no. have a splitter no, this time, don't. but it was still chewing up some of those uh, noses. Noses, and uh, like I said, I mean, that's just part of it there. You ain't, you ain't on dirt, you don't quite worry about it as much as you do on asphalt as far as, you know, the aerodynamics of it. No, not really. Uh, you know, on short tracks, you're always, if you've got downforce, you don't have to have a whole lot of aerodynamics. The biggest thing is, you you know, you got to have power and the right kind of power. And a driver that knows how to turn right before he turns left. And we saw some of that earlier on, but as they, as they laid uh, some of the rubber down, then it started getting to be more like, an asphalt trap, but like I say, then Kyle Larson hops up there in that top groove, and here he comes. So it's gonna it's gonna be neat. We we've been hollering about dirt racing because ARCA's done it, NASCAR done it for years, and four thousand pound cars, and I think it's gonna be a heck of an event. Well, they can get it in. They'll they get straightened out. Today. I've um I saw the Weather Channel when I was getting ready, and it looked bad right now. But it did look they gave a time lapse deal, and it looked like it might clear out. Afternoon, after 12 sometime. I touched bases with Deb Williams a few minutes ago, and she says it's raining. But she thinks... Uh, sh- she didn't sound too uh, positive it would happen today. Well, She's thinking tomorrow. That's part That's part of it on dirt. You know, like he's talking about the ruts on Friday afternoon. Uh, that's, the ruts on Friday afternoon was a little bit of it raining all day on Thursday up there. Yeah. I mean that track soaks in moisture, then it's gonna it's gonna blister up. I mean, you look at a mud puddle out there, and after it dries up, it cracks open. Yeah. Well, I mean that's why that's why our dirt tracks do. Well, that's a good way to look at it. I didn't think of that. Now, let me touch on what we got today. Uh, we do have a good show for you. At of course, uh, in a, a ten minutes here, Alan's going to give us uh, the local scene, what's going on around here. Then at twelve. Uh, Listen to me. At 1040, 940, get it right in a minute, we're going to talk to Deb Williams, who's up in Bristol. And at the top of the hour, 10 o'clock, we've got Jeremy Clemens coming on. And uh texted with Jeremy last night, and he's real excited to be on the show. And we have him every year, so we excited to, we're excited to have him on. And then at 10, see, the time's an hour off, so I'm trying not to mess up here. At 1020, Bobby Bennett is going to get us up to date on the drag racing, and there's been a bunch of it since the last time he was on the show. I know they've had the Gator Nationals, and and um, and I watched a little bit of that. Actually, I watched a couple hours of it. So uh, Bobby's going to come on and give us a uh, drag racing report, and then we're going to wrap it up with our usual uh, end-of-the-show information, like the, the TV, and I can tell you, uh, the TV's kind of up in the air right now, especially around NASCAR, because they're, uh, they're, the heat races are gone, and they're going to try to run the race at 3.30 today, the cup race, and then afterwards the trucks. So who knows what time that might be. And, uh, and Deb will tell us more if they're anywhere close to being on time for 3.30. Then uh, if you want to see some racing pretty soon, we've got the uh, first Formula One race of the year at Bahrain, and that's uh, actually coming on ESPN. I think it's ESPN or ESPN2. Let me look here real quick. At 11 o'clock. Where are they running, Perry? I didn't get it. Bahrain. And uh, 
I got a Bahrain story I can tell from the Secret Service here in a few minutes. Bahrain is, uh, uh, yep, it's just called the Bahrain Grand Prix, but uh, it's uh, it's going to be uh, a surprise with uh, Lewis Hamilton not winning the pole. Neither one of the Mercedes uh, won the pole, and uh, I think Christian, uh, I got I got all of this stuff right here. Let me get to it. And I got something to ask you about there, uh, Alan. Here's Formula One. Max Verstappen in the Red Bull car is on the pole. Might as well do this now. Lewis Hamilton is second. Valtteri Bottas, his teammate, is third. Charles Leclerc is fourth in a Ferrari. Fifth is Pierre Gasly in an Alfa Tauri. And sixth is Daniel Ricciardo in a McLaren. Of course, both of the American cars owned by Haas... Um, are starting 19th and 20th. They fired their drivers, but uh, I don't know what happened. But Nick Schumacher's driving one of them starting 19th and 20th is Nikita Mazepin. And uh, I kind of got a feeling he might be rushing. Um, I'm looking at the TV here, and that is on ESPN2. The pre-race show starts in about, oh, 17 minutes at 9.30, and then the race is at 10.55. Um, so some racing coming up no matter what because they'll run over there. When I was in Secret Service, we went to Bahrain. We went to Kuwait. I was with the Secretary of State, Donald Reagan at the time. Donald Reagan, yep. And we went to uh, Kuwait for some kind of big meeting with the Fahad and everything in Saudi Arabia. Well, when we were leaving they uh, at the airport in Kuwait, it was the first time we'd seen any booze. And Secret Service agents are known to like to have a cocktail or two. So everybody bought a bunch of booze to drink on the flight back, even though I'm uh, sure Pan Am probably had some, some booze. But when you fly into Bahrain, the first thing they do is confiscate all the booze. So what they do is they sold it to us in Kuwait and then confiscated it 20 minutes later in Bahrain because it's a real short flight. And I guess they sent it back to Kuwait to sell again. So it's probably the same bottles getting recycled over and over. Oh, no doubt it about a, it. What you talk the, about a scam. That, it, was un, it was unbelievable. That's like uh, at Dubai, uh, we had a, a Ford Motor Company guy that, that was overseeing some of that stuff over in the Middle East. It involved Ford. And uh, he said you go into Dubai, and I think there's one other place. You know, it's just like being in America. But he said... Well, some places are. And some places are. But he says if you venture out past the city limits, uh, that ain't good. Well, we sort of stayed in herds, and you do, there, there's a lot. It was very interesting. I actually saw an execution in uh, in uh, Saudi Arabia, in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, and I don't care to see another one of those. But anyway, um, Grand Prix does Formula One start this morning. And, what uh, channel it's going to be on? ESPN two, good deal. So we can we, we can watch that during lunch. We can watch that at Applebee's. Yes, we can. Uh, so anyway, did they did they do a lot of racing last night around here, Alan? I mean, this isn't uh, the time for your spot. I was just wondering. No, uh, the forty one thousand dollars to win at Gaffney Speedway was postponed last night because we got that big shark coming through here about five fifteen, five thirty, and. Uh, so they postponed that deal. They are uh, getting with the world of outlaws, and they're going to see when they can reschedule that. So uh, everybody that bought a two-day pass, hold on to them passes because it, 
They will honor them later on in the year. Okay, well, we'll get to your spot here after the commercial. I wanted to point out one thing here, and I told Greg about it coming over. In fact, I think I even texted you, uh, Alan, on the Channel 7 Sports Friday night. Uh, Pete Yannity was doing the sports, and Pete's been on there forever, and I think he used to be the voice of the Clemson Tigers, and I always had a lot of respect for Pete, and I, I, I can't exactly kick him to the curb now, but he was showing like a 30-minute clip of the practice that had already gone on on ESPN. I mean, everybody that I know of thinks this is pretty cool. I think the three of us do. It looked good. It was reminiscent of the old days. And a lot of people like Greg and I have been screaming for this a long time. Yannity starts it off by saying, well, I think this is a stunt. Uh, now, this isn't an exact quote. The word stunt is a quote. But he called it a stunt. And then later on, uh, about... 20 seconds later, he said, I think they're really reaching. So, you know, I tell you, I think Pete Hamil- uh, <laughs> Pete Yannity has, has missed the boat here altogether. Um, he's pretty good with stick and ball, and I think he's given uh, Jeremy Clement some pretty good airtime this year, or, or Channel 7 Sports has anyways, which I guess he's the, the head of. But he is, as far as I'm concerned, way off base on the... Uh, NASCAR going back to its roots. I don't think Pete really realizes the history of the sport. And it's been 51 years since we had a dirt race. And how many people have been longing for it and wanting it. And we've got it. And it looks great. And all the drivers that are up there like it so much. They're going over They're going over running trucks when they're cup drivers. And uh, I just thought it was a, I thought it was a pretty stupid remark. Uh I don't. I think Pete got a lot out of line. You know, he was always a, a big supporter of, you know, us when we were running, and he supports, uh, you know, Clements and everything. But where he got off on that tangent, I don't know because we've been talking about dirt racing for a long time. And everybody's excited about it. I went out last night for a little while, and everybody's crowded around the TV to see practice. I haven't heard a negative thing about it. I haven't either. That's the thing about it. Everybody likes it. And they've been planning on doing this. We know that in Bristol, it it brought in dirt before, you know, with the motocross and some other things. Well, they ran sprint cars there in 2002. Yeah. I mean, this isn't a... But the thing about it is, it's... uh, You you talk about NASCAR heritage. It, It is dirt. You know, there was a long time before they had any asphalt other than Darlington. I guess when they built the Raleigh Speedway in about 51, there might have been another one here or there up in Ohio or something when they ran all over, like the the first couple of years of NASCAR, like 49, 50. But uh, I don't know. To say it was a stunt and then it was a reach, I think he couldn't be more off base. No, so. way, way off base. And if you remember, a lot of racetracks actually went out of business when they paved because of well, dirt. Columbia Speedway. Yep. And because the dirt is high maintenance. Island can tell us more about that than anybody. And, you know, you got to have water trucks, drop down your, your, your chemicals, draw the water. You got to work the racetrack. Soap suds. And soap, all this kind of stuff. So a lot of people get tired of fooling it. They say, well, pave it, and we don't have to fool with it no more until it tears up. And then they can start taking down the grandstands and stuff. And then they start taking down the grandstands because ain't nobody there. Well, let me tell you, over there, I talked to Mr. Wilson. Okay. On uh, Friday afternoon at 1230, 
He said tractors and trailers were lined up out the door over at Cherokee Speedway, and the fans was already sitting in line in lounge chairs waiting on the ticket gate to open. And it was they was still sitting there. The ticket gate didn't open up to three o'clock. They was sitting there at twelve thirty. And I believe that's a dirt track. That's a dirt track. Well, see, I, I'll I'll drop it and let it go at this. I think Pete Gannity was off base, and I think his uh, sense of history for the sport, let alone NASCAR is way, way misplaced. So let me, uh, let's take our first break, and Alan, we'll come right back to you, and you can have the floor for 20 minutes. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Impex Pre-Owned is raising the bar in the car industry. Impex is a different kind of dealership. Family-owned and operated, Jamie Nodine and his wife Rita are Boiling Springs natives and are proud to be serving the Boiling Springs, Inman, and Spartanburg communities. Jamie and his staff are committed to providing excellent customer service and making sure your experience is simple, transparent, and fair. Visit Impex Pre-Owned today. Conveniently located off I-26 on Asheville Highway. Don't just dream it, drive it at Impex Pre-Owned. You already know Palmetto Spirits is the place to go for wine, fine bourbons, and home bar essentials. But Palmetto Spirits is also the perfect place to pick up your favorite local craft brews like R.J. Rockers, crowd-pleasing Budweiser brands, and world-famous imports like Stella Artois, Modelo, and Corona. Whether you're in search of the ideal wine pairing or the ideal gift, Jim and the staff at Palmetto Spirits will get it in your hands. Palmetto Spirits, located at the corner of Reedville and Anderson Mill Roads. Follow South Carolina baseball all season long right here on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Ball hit well. Right center field. Eister has done it again. The Gamecocks walk off Clemson as Brady Allen crosses home plate. You can put Spurs on a Gamecock win. Spartanburg's home for Gamecocks baseball is Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. So you've heard me tell you these past few months about the best snack store in Spartanburg, Colonel Time. Well, now it's even better. Try over 80. That's right, 80 different flavors of the best sweet and savory popcorn I've ever had. They've got ice cream, chocolates, gummies, rock candy, and now they've got sauces and jellies. Did I mention ice cream cakes? This place has everything. And when we want to have a movie night at our house or reward a good report card or just want something sweet like our favorite, the Oreo popcorn, our family goes to Colonel Time on Reedville Road. Image Printing is the only shop in the upstate that prints signage, decals, banners, t-shirts, wide format printing, full color paper printing, and offers graphic design services all in-house. And now Image Printing is offering custom t-shirts with no minimum quantity. That's right. Image Printing now offers direct-to-garment printing, which means you can get your design printed on a t-shirt whether you want one or 1,000. Visit Image Printing at 845 California Ave across the street from the Spartanburg County Detention Center. Call 864-583-8848. Make Phillips and Long Fuel Chesney your source for propane in Spartanburg County. They offer propane for hot water heaters, cooking, and heat. They can fill your grill tank and get you ready for grilling season. Not only do they sell propane, but they sell a large variety of propane accessories such as grill tanks and other appliances that run on propane. If your propane tank is running low, call and they'll have it filled within one business day. Call them at 864-461-8511. That's Phillips and Long Fuel, located at 421 South Alabama Avenue, Chester.
like to start your engines, the segment here where we let uh, Alan Hill tell us what's going on locally. And uh, if anything, Alan, what you got for well, us, buddy? Well, we did have a little bit of racing going on on Friday night. Uh, Traverse Rest Speedway kind of opened back up over there at Traverse Rest. Glad to see them opening back up. Uh, at one time, they was talking about making that into a motorcycle deal over there. But see, he's brought the four-wheel cars back. So uh, we're going to start off with Thunder Bomber Futures. First place went to Stetson Todd. Second place went to Josh Wilson. Third place went to Jacob Leonard. Uh, fourth place went to DJ Crawford. And fifth place went to Blake Edwards. Moving over to the Creek Sportsman. First place went to Timmy Smith. Second place went to Kyle Cooper. Third place went to Lee Higdon. Fourth place went to Roger Gillum. Fifth place went to Blade Edwards. Over to the Extreme Four main event. First place went to Travis Jameson. Second place went to Randy Hill. Third went to Chris Coggins. Fourth went to Cody Page. Fifth went to Tyler Caps. In the Pure Stock Main Event, first place went to Danny Sexton. Second place went to Kevin Nations. Third place went to Taylor Johnson. Fourth went to Dustin Mars. And fifth went to Nate Jackson. In the Thunder Bomber Shootout Main, one of our local drivers right up the road here. First place went to Grant Parr. That's Norman Parr's grandson yep. from Parr's Automotive and Parr's Car Wash up on Highway 9. Second place went to Blake Bentley. Third place went to Benji Knight. Fourth place went to Timmy Smith. And fifth place went to Dwight Smith. And then the Renegade Main. Renegade Main, first place, Donnie Atkins. Second place, Scott Cannon. Third place, Michael Barbie. Fourth place, Josh Burgess. Fifth went to Kenny Hutchins. Uh, we're going to move over here to Harris Speedway. Harris Speedway had a little bit of trouble last week with their lighting system down in third and fourth turn. Did not get to run. Been working on it all week long. And uh, everybody knows that uh, stuff is getting hard to get to around here locally as far as electrical stuff and stuff. But they did not get their lighting fixed. They had to postpone their race this past Saturday night. Uh, still waiting on stuff to be able to fix their lighting. they redoing everything up there at Harris Speedway, and uh, hopefully they get it going this coming weekend. Oh, that's a shame. Yes, it was. Uh, we did get in uh, <clears throat> a little bit of racing on Friday night over at Cherokee Speedway. We're going to start off with the Extreme 4 Division. First place went to Trent Blackwell. Second place went to Brooks Kirby. Third place went to Wayne Harris. Fourth place went to Travis Langford. Fifth place went to Reggie Quigg. In the Mid-East Street Stocks uh, division, first place went to Andy Stewart. Second place went to Caleb McLaughlin. Third place went to Andrew Blackwood. Fifth, fourth place went to Dalton Peavy. And fifth place went to Cade Langley. And now the 602 Mid-East Late Models. First place went to Andrew Durham. Second place went to Brian Mullis. Third place went to Jacob Brown. Fourth place went to Jeff Parsons. Fifth place went to Ethan Wilson. And now we had dual main events over there for the World of Outlaws Super Late Models. We're going to give you the rundown of the first future that paid $5,000. First place went to Jimmy Owens. Second place went to Jonathan Davenport. Jonathan Davenport, the week before, won up there at Bristol Speedway. 
So he got fifty thousand dollars up there. So that was good. His pockets was a little bit thick. Over <laughs> he got it. fifty thousand up there. He's yeah. on dirt, wasn't he? He was on dirt. Yes, sir. Started about tenth place and come all the way to the front up there. So uh, that dirt's going to take off. People yeah. going to see how good it is, and they're going to be people pouring dirt on asphalt. They they give us man a, a nickname called Superman, and. Uh, from up there at Bristol Speedway, he pulled that cape out last Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> no words, he had it on. He had it on. Uh, third place went to Trent Ivey. Fourth place went to Tim McCready. Fifth place went to Brent Larson. And now feature number two, first place. This man's been out of the, I'd say not running bad this year, but not running up to par. But he showed out Friday night over there. Brandon Shepard took first place in the second feature. Second place went to Dale McDowell. Third place went to Brandon Overton. Fourth place went to Scott Bloomquist. Fifth place went to Jeff Smith. So uh, they had 21 cars, 22, 21 cars in the first main event. Had another 21, 22 cars in the second main event. And now they was planning on pulling them cars off together and requalifying them and everything. And then they're going to take like the fastest twenty four and go for forty one thousand dollars last wow. night. So uh, that's some big paydays on some dirt tracks. That is real big paydays. I remember eight hundred dollars uh, to win a lot of them, and if you got a thousand, that, that was really good. Thousands about what they paid at the fairgrounds. That's all. about what they paid. Yeah, I'm talking about for a, a Grand National race. Well, yeah, back in those days, but that's a lot of money back then. Yeah. And uh, done a whole lot of improvements over at Cherokee Speedway, and they was really showing up over on Friday night. And as a matter of fact, the World of Outlaws brought a tractor and trailer in there and had a big screen TV. I'm talking about one of them jumbotrons wow. like they got up at Charlotte Speedway for the people that could actually, you know, that's one thing about dirt racing. If you're sitting there watching action in three and four, sometimes you miss the other action that's in one and two. <laughs> Yeah, because, <laughs> because it's real good dirt racing when you got a lot of competitive cars. There's racing all the way around the racetrack, straightaways, corners, uh, pits. And it helps if you got lights in the corners. Oh, yes, it does. And uh, now next week, uh, Cherokee Speedway, they're going to go to their uh, first weekly points race. And uh, they're going to start off with the 604 Crate Lake model. They're going to have the Super Sportsman Division. The Street Stock Division, the Thunder Bomber Division, the Stock 4 Division, Extreme 4s, and Young Guns, V8. So, uh, there's going to be a lot of good racing going on around here locally. And hopefully, uh, well, this is Sunday, so I can't really uh, talk about something. But I'll give you some results from Friday night racing. Hopefully, they'll have Friday night racing at... Matter of fact, they having a two-day deal, I think, at Harris, so I can give you a little bit of update on Friday night at Harris. Okay. But uh, a lot of our tracks are trying to get together and work things out. And like you said, it's being on dirt. Sometimes our weather does not permit us to race. So uh, hopefully they, they'll get this thing in. Kind of like they kind of learned a little bit at Bristol. You know, I remember seeing, and I went to a lot of races at the fairgrounds, and, and even the, the sportsmen and the hobby cars and the Grand National cars, and that track would be a quagmire after they run the water trucks around it. And I know uh, Red, uh, 
oh, what was his name? Anyway, who had the Pierce Wrecker, he'd bring that thing around there and they'd have a couple of tow trucks and things and and the cars would come around there and they'd be clogged with mud and throwing mud. But, you know, within about 10 or 15 minutes, it was it was ready to go. And that was just normal. Yes, that was normal thing. Uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, about the only other person I know that made more laps rare in Cherokee Speedway besides Rock Galt, who used to promote that thing over there. And that was, this past weekend, was Rock Galt Memorial. Right. And uh, about the only other person I know that made more laps around Cherokee Speedway was Paul Paris, Interstate Record Service. Mm-hmm. That before, while we was having drivers meeting and stuff, they was out there running around this racetrack, packing the mud in. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's part of dirt racing. Uh, matter of fact, when... We first started off racing. Danny got over there, and we sent him out there in a renegade car, and it was it was sloppy muddy. Yeah. And he come in after the he come in after hot laps, and he looked at me and he said, "I don't know if I can do this or not." I said, "Don't worry." I said, "It's going to get better," <laughs> and uh, it got better. <laughs> it got real good. Well, that's <laughs> Danny. Danny learned pretty doggone quick. Yes, he did. I won a lot of races, too. Going to win some more, too. Matter of fact, I think I sent you a video. I went down. I had to go down to his shop this week, and I sent you a video of inside his shop yes. of, him, of uh, the shelves with the trophies up on there that he's, uh, yeah. he kind of made shelves and put his trophies up on. Well, I come back from my second COVID shot from Chesterfield, and right there on number nine, where you cross I-77, I-77 is I-77 Speedway. And I... I'd seen it before, but never stopped. So I stopped going back because I didn't think I'd be that way anymore for a while. And uh, they had bulldozers and road graders and had a camper, big old camper set up there. Like they were, uh, they had a crew there trying to get it ready because there was grass growing up in the inner, in the in the turns and the straightaways. And there was a big uh, like uh, hill in the first turn for I guess motocross or something. So. But you say, uh, to your knowledge, they're getting it back for racing, right? I think How long has it been closed? Uh, last couple of years here lately. It's been up for sale, so uh, hopefully somebody's bought it and going to bring it back into... Somebody's working on it, that's for sure. That's all we need, another racetrack. Well, I, mean. well, I sent you the picture, and I said, do you ever race here? And Alan says, yep. And then he sends me a picture of a room full of trophies and says, one of them came from there. Probably more than one. Uh, no, we just, uh, we've only ventured down there about once or twice. They okay. invited us to come down there. But y'all just uh, run down actually, there and get the money. Don't, no, don't Y'all take the money don't and run, y'all so good. Danny went down there one night with a friend of his, and next thing I know, Danny wound up driving the race car, and he takes me a picture of him staying in Victory Circle with the <laughs> other man's race car. <laughs> so, uh. Well, I'm not uh, sure what town that was, but I guess Lancaster might be the nearest thing to it. Yep, Lancaster. But they got another racetrack in Lancaster, right? I mean, I see it on Facebook all the time. They were one of the first ones to Lancaster, start running Chester, after. Chester, somewhere down in there or something well, like that. Lancaster Speedway, there was stuff. They had on, one down there, Perry, but I can't think where it was. On Facebook, and uh, they were like one of the first ones that broke out after the, I, the COVID and everything. I, and I think Lancaster's a still a half-mile racetrack. Yeah. Well, I mean, they ran there, I know, in the 50s because Paul Goldsmith won there driving for a smoky eunuch. So, what else you got? Well, that's about all I got, except a little bit of... They had a little bit of dirt racing. You text me uh, last, uh, what was it, Saturday night? Said that Komiyachi or something like that for my brother in the 48 We're going to get to that in a few minutes. <laughs> I got You know, they didn't get third. Why? Uh, well, 
let me get to it in a minute. They didn't get it because, uh, and I read this last night because I was, when I was printing out the results, they bumped them back to 28th because Kobayashi ran 60 seconds too much. No, Pagano ran 60 seconds too not, too, too much. And, uh, people were all griping that they wasted a good uh, performance by that 48 car because Jimmy Johnson can't handle it. And that was not me talking. That was a lot of other people saying. So they f- penalized him for, uh, I'm not sure what the exact nature of the penalty was. The nature of the penalty was that Pagano ran too long. You can't run. Well, I've got it right here. But I want to tell you, I'll get to that in a minute, I promise. Uh, I just wanted to touch on this. I know that uh, the last dirt race was 51 years ago, and it was on September 30th, 1970. And when they went to the commercial break the other day, uh, um, Mike Joy said, who was second in the first, in the last race? And, of course, I had just written Neil Castle's biography, and uh, I knew that that was the answer, Neil Castle's. So uh, just for fun of it, I got the results here of that race, and that was at, uh, that was the 1970 Home State 200 from the uh, uh, North Carolina State Fairgrounds. Richard Petty won it driving not a Petty car. He driving for Don Robertson, who was the car owner for... Uh, um, Jabe Thomas. Jabe always, uh, Jabe's car owner would get Richard a car ready for dirt sometimes. And this was one of the, those times. Um, Neil Castles was second, two laps behind. Bobby Isaac was third in that orange K&K insurance car. He was five laps behind. James Hilton was fourth. Flash Cecil Gordon was fifth. Sixth was Bobby Allison. Seventh, Dave Marcus. Eighth, Ben Arnold. Ninth, Bill Holler. And tenth, Jabe Thomas. And that just shows you back in those days, the independents could, on upon occasion, run with the big guys. Yeah, they could. They could good. And, and well, it's just like with Wendell. He's in the Hall of Fame. Wendell he could, was 20th. He, he could get hooked up. And by, you know, or the other than just winning that race in Jacksonville, he could get hooked up every now and then. Who do you think was on the pole for that race, that last dirt race? Maybe Isaac. John Sears. John, big John Sears. He was huge. I mean, John was a big guy. How he got, even got in the window, I don't know. But, uh, but he, finished, he finished dead last. He blew an engine after 16. He led the first 10 laps and blew up. So, uh, yep, big John Sears. And actually, I got the stats here. I won't go into it. But I was actually at the next to last dirt race, which was on August 6, 1970, at the... Uh, it was the Sand Lapper 200 in Columbia. And Isaac did win that one. Yep. But, I knew uh, Isaac won one of the last ones. But anyway, I just wanted to touch on that last dirt track race. And we're going to take another break now and come back and get Deb Williams on the, uh, to do her spot and tell us exactly what's going on up there at uh, Bristol. Because uh, I really want to see that today. Uh, you know, they Everybody got lights. Well, they got lights. And I don't want to do it Monday. I want to do it today. So anyway. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Where's the greatest return on your tax dollars? Elite Audio, where we offer the best in car audio, video, navigation, and custom design systems that are one of a kind. If you're like me, you spend a lot of time in your car, so make it safe with hands-free Bluetooth and keep the kids entertained with a mobile video system. The look of your ride is just as important as how it sounds. We also do wheels, tires, and accessories. Over 80 wheels on display at Elite Audio on Asheville Highway in Spartanburg. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram and check us out on the web at EliteAudioOnline.com. You dream it, we build it. 
Business owners, have product or material you need moved, shipped, stored? Upstate Logistics in Spartanburg has the expertise in transportation and warehousing you're looking for in Spartanburg County and beyond. For over a decade, Upstate Logistics has provided businesses with storage and logistics services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. Upstate Logistics, proud to be a part of our community, serving Spartanburg County and beyond since 2005. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and inventory moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. That's UpstateLogistics.com. Keep it here all baseball season long for the Braves, Gamecocks, and just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Just a bit outside, presented by Phillips and Law in Fuel of Chesney, has a new day and time. All four. Anthony Greer and Jordan Farrell will recap all the action on the diamond after the Gamecocks wrap on Sundays. All eight. Right here on your home for local baseball coverage. How can these guys lay off pitches that close? Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Said no one ever. I love waking up to cold cereal. Nothing satisfies like dry granola. No. Here we say good morning with sizzling sausage. Biscuits baked to perfection. The enticing aroma wafting from your freshly prepared breakfast. So make your morning easy and mix and match a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, or hash browns. Any two for just $2. It's McDonald's easy on-the-go breakfast. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Combo meal. Single item at regular price. Value when product served. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. And welcome back to Start Your Engines. I want to welcome Deb Williams onto the show now. Deb, I'm having trouble with your opening, so um, sorry. I can make some race car noises and stuff, but I'd rather just hear your lovely voice. How are you this morning? Fine, thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So, I guess the question we all want to know is, look out the window and tell us what you see. Cloudy, rainy, not a good day for dirt racing. Unfortunately, you know, what could have been a great weekend has been dampened tremendously by flash flood warnings and watches and torrential rain and thunderstorms and and hail and you know, there was so much hail last night on the ETSU football field that looked like it had snowed. So, you know, I saw that. I saw that. It must have been on the Weather Channel or something. Uh, yeah, oh, I saw it on Good Morning America, to be honest with you. But, um, you know, it. they tried to start one of the truck qualifying races yesterday. Right. And they dropped the green flag, and the windshields and the truck grills just got covered in mud and of course while they were trying to clean that off the rain came and it's been raining ever since off and on so we're not supposed to see sun until monday yeah i saw on the weather channel though i i looked like it was maybe going to move through by and be clear by this afternoon or maybe they were showing monday i don't know i don't know if i was looking at the right date but it was a a future cast and it was uh it was it it was going to clear up Suddenly, but you know that I might have been looking at Monday. I don't know. You're there, 
And uh, you sound pretty pessimistic, so I'm going to take your word for uh, the fact that it looks bad. Even though they got lights, and I guess they could go at night, you just you don't see it, huh? Well, I don't know. You know, it depends on how they can get the track ready, too. You know, it's not like an asphalt or concrete track where you dry it and you're ready to go. They had uh, yesterday trying to get the dirt ready, which is red clay, northeast Tennessee red clay. And they had Packer cars on there, and it was so slick that a couple of three of the Packer cars slid down and hit the wall, mm. the inside wall. And then they brought the dirt lake models on to help get the track in condition. So, you know, it, it could stop raining, but then you got to get the track in the condition, too. So, I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I hope we go off on time today with the cup race at 3.30 and the truck race tonight at 9 o'clock. But I'd say probably 50-50 that we do. Yeah. But I hope that it's, yeah. you know, hope, hopefully we do. I just hate we didn't get to have the qualifying races because everyone was looking so forward to the qualifying races. And you hated to see Stuart Friesen and his wife Jessica have be robbed of the opportunity to make NASCAR history and uh, being the first husband and wife to a cup, uh, team or couple to compete in NASCAR since the 1990s when it was Elton Sawyer and Patty Moise, but they would have been the first couple to have competed not only against each other, but on the same team. So you hate to see that, and of course, Ryan Newman had the best consecutive 10-lap average in truck practice on Friday, and he's not going to get to start the truck race. So, you know, Jessica Friesen and, and Ryan were two of them that were left out or didn't have the opportunity, I should say, to try to make the truck field. Yeah. And everyone in, in Cup, of course, there were 39 cars entered, so everyone made it. But, again, the starting positions had to go according to what we used previously with the exception of the Daytona 500. Yeah. So we, we'll see. We, but, uh, yeah. Everybody down here in Spartanburg, Deb, is... is just sitting on needles wanting to see it. I mean, I was out uh, somewhere last night early in uh, big screen TVs, and everybody was watching the practice, even though when the trucks went out in the mud, covered grills, knocked wind, you know, the windshield, the whole thing. But I think it's a step in the right direction. I wouldn't, don't think they need to pay, uh, uh, put dirt on Daytona or nothing like that. <laughs> sand. No. Put sand on Daytona. But, but uh, everybody's re- I'm like you. Everybody's really excited about. It. I hate that the weather might have knocked a little bit of the polish off the deal. Uh, but it proves one thing: it can be done. We said all along it'd be done. If it couldn't be done, how could four thousand pound race cars run around in places like they did with four twenty six Hemi's and four twenty seven high risers and all that stuff? But we all real excited about it. I know you are. You you disappointed because you're up there. And uh, but I hope we get it in, and I know when they get it in, it's going to be exciting. Oh, it will be, and you know the good thing. I think maybe a lot of people have lost sight of the fact that this weekend is not the only weekend that Bristol's using the dirt track that they've constructed, and it's just fascinating how they've done it, and to look at how they've lowered the turn banking. Yes, with the dirt is fascinating as well. But, you know, they ran the, the big late model 
races all last week leading up to when we were in Atlanta. And then in, later in April, they're going to have the World of Outlaws over here running the dirt. So they're using this dirt track for two months before they return it back to the concrete side of it for the September race. And the head of the operations department for Speedway Motorsports Incorporated said that it would take them about a month to get the entire facility cleaned up and the dirt removed and all of the grandstands pressure washed and the dirt cleaned off and everything. But I thought, man, you know, just take a month to get it back in shape again for September. That's pretty doggone good. That's what the guy told us last week, uh, Anthony Vestal, that we had on the show and uh, director of communications. He said it would take about a month. Before we go any further, let's get our picks in real quick, just in case we have a race. Uh, Deb, you can go next. The only thing that's been picked is uh, Lanny took uh, Ryan Blaney. Okay, well, after looking at practice, I'm going to take Alex Bowman. He was flying. I can, I can uh, attest to that. I'll, I'll just stick with the, the number nine. I might as well. Greg, who you like? <laughs> You're you laughing. You laugh so you get him in victory lane. <laughs> you laughed at my pick. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just. How many weeks you picked Chase? <laughs> well, he's. He's bound to win one of these weeks. But anyway, we're, we're really good at not picking a winner, so I don't feel too bad about it. Greg? <laughs> well, I, I'd like to always pick the Wood Brothers, but the the guy driving it, his last name sounds like he needs to be running Formula One. So I'm going to skip over him. I'm, I'm going to go with Kyle Busch because he, he told me and Bud down in 211 he, he really liked to drive the car sideways at Daytona, which back in those days he did. I guess he still does now. So I, I'm going to go with Kyle. Uh, I get my better judgment, but Alan has put a twenty in there, so I suppose that means uh, Christopher Bell. Ain't it? Christopher Bell, yes, it is, and Jada with uh, Kyle Larson. So, speaking of Kyle Larson, we got a few minutes here. Uh, Deb, tell us about last week. Kyle Larson absolutely dominated that race in Atlanta. I think he led like, led like two hundred and sixty something laps, and. Uh, he just, uh, you know, he had a nice, healthy lead, and Ryan Blaney started running him down, and he got there and passed him with plenty of time to spare. Yeah, it was really interesting, and, you know, I think Ryan Blaney and Todd Gordon, his crew chief, were probably the, the two that knew what they held in their hand, and he, Todd Gordon said after the race he was very happy to see that that last run was going to be 56 laps. And, of course, for Blaney to be able to do what he did, they needed that entire final run to go green because they had learned through the race that Ryan was good on the long run and that Larson's tires began falling off. And so Blaney knew that what he had to do was be disciplined enough at the beginning of the run not to try to stay with Larson and burn his tires off and use up his equipment, but instead be patient and let Larson come back to him as the lap wound down and Blaney got stronger as the run progressed. And Larson said after the race, he knew he needed a caution flag. He knew his tires were going and he knew 
that if he did not get a caution flag, that Blaney was going to be able to catch him. So Blaney was just so much better than Larson on the long run. That was the key. But I don't think anybody really saw that coming uh, outside of the the 12 camp, you know. But, uh, of course, there was nine laps remaining when Blaney caught Kyle Larson and passed him. But the thing that made it so cool was that the fact that Ryan talked about it was on the anniversary of when his dad had his best opportunity to win a cup race and the wheel fell off on the back stretch after a pit stop when he was driving for Dave was driving for Bill Davis Racing. Yep, that was that uh wasn't that a Amico car or America? It was. Yeah, I remember that's that. That's what it was. He had that thing wrapped up. That's the Dave Blaney. Yeah. That's correct. And Dave that's Ryan's dad and Dave was sitting in the grandstands at last week's race and because of course he still can't come into the garage but ryan said that you know i believe it was the 20th anniversary of that incident so ryan felt like he got the victory that his father got so close to 20 years earlier but didn't get it and so that was a neat story you know ryan was i think i figured up he was seven years old when that happened (laughs) and he, he never forgot it yeah, I didn't so forget gave, it either. I, victory. Yeah, I don't remember a lot of them, but I do remember that Dave Blaney coming so close. Was that a what? That was a Bill Davis Pontiac, wasn't it? Uh, it was Bill Davis. I probably a Pontiac. Ninety three seemed like it was number ninety three. It was. Yeah, it was I, number ninety three. Yeah, mm-hmm. I got. I remember a few things in between the dead spots in my brain. <laughs> Yeah. As I call it, getting through the cobwebs of the brain. Yeah, that's exactly. Cobwebs. That's exactly right. Well, Deb, you know, um, I didn't really realize it until I was looking at the schedule. By the way, Ronnie has picked uh, uh, Kurt Busch, car number one. So, oh, okay. Uh, um, cool. I, I didn't realize it until just a little while ago uh, that they don't race anywhere next week. I mean, that's because it's Easter. I, well, and that's where I said to Greg, it must be Easter. Yeah, I, because all the series, you know, I looked at uh, IndyCar hasn't started yet, and and uh, I think Formula One might, but uh, they're starting. In fact, uh, in just a few minutes, actually, they have them their first Formula One race of the year. But the uh, uh, yeah, I was surprised that all the series were either haven't started yet or taking the week off. So. And this is two weeks in a row for Xfinity, which we have Jeremy Clements on right after uh, the top of the hour. So, uh, Deb, uh, I tell you, it's uh, uh, it's so great to have, well, I don't know if I should say boots on the ground. Maybe, maybe uh, high heels. Well, you know how I'm about wearing boots. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not high heels either. I don't know. Uh, 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 Adidas or whatever it is. But, Deb, it's great to have somebody actually on the scene again and to tell us. You know what? Uh, what we can expect as far, especially with the weather, and um, you have painted a pessimistic picture. But you know, maybe, maybe they'll get it in. I don't know. And I uh, would say it's more realistic than pessimistic. Okay, there you go. There you what, go. That what, sounds good. Well, but, Deb, let me tell you one thing. Perry, come to uh-huh. Cherokee Speedway. Do not try to walk across that racetrack. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I know better than that. I can remember when dad, when I was a child and daddy and I'd come home from the dirt tracks and mother would make us pull our shoes off on the back porch before we walked in the house. Your track of choice back in those days, wasn't it Asheville Weaverville? Yeah, Asheville Weaverville. Actually, yeah, it was Asheville Weaverville. And um, that's my first memory of life is, is Asheville Weaverville. I can remember sitting on the, the trunk of the car, the hood of the car above turns one and two when it was dirt. I was about four years old. Yep. Well, my... First memory of life. Yep. My first memory, and not to try to compete with you, but it's exactly the same thing, was of the fairgrounds uh, in 1955 on July 6th when uh, the Kike for Chryslers ran 1-2 with uh, Tim Flock and Fonny Flock. And I was there, and I remember that distinctly. So... Uh, I'll be darned. We well, go... I- this particular night, I remember, that's when they were running the 40 Ford Coupes and all, and there was um, a car that turned over on the back stretch, and it was on its side, and the, the driver came running out, and the photographer that was there that night for the Asheville Citizen caught the shot, and I was so excited about it that I had seen it, and I was trying to show my sister, who's 11 years older than me, and she just wasn't interested at all. So I knew then that we had different directions we were going in. <laughs> well, you keep going in the direction you're going in, and we appreciate you coming on, and you're a, such a wonderful addition to our show. And uh, we will uh, find something to talk about next week, I guess. Uh, you have a good Easter, a happy Easter, and a good week, and, and hopefully uh, hopefully we'll have uh, some dirt racing from Bristol to talk about by then. Oh, I'm sure we will. And everyone have a good Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday. Very good. Thank you very much, Deb. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Deb. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, that was Deb Williams. and uh, She's good, isn't she? I didn't mean to cut you off, but I'm looking at we got like a minute and a half here, so I didn't want to get started. You got to give me a signal. You I get running my mouth. I might go for 30 minutes talking about a valve spring. Well, well, that's fine if we got 30 minutes, but... uh, Don't worry about giving me signals. Okay, well, but you got to open your eyes and look at me. Cause... Well, I'm starting to do that a little bit. Now. Yeah, you are. You're doing better. Greg's got a bad habit. Not a bad habit, but he he talks with his eyes closed. And I'm sitting over here trying to speed him up or say pointing at the clock and all this stuff. So, uh, But you're doing good. Yeah. You're, but I, that's fine. I'm, I'm going to get my eyes worked on. You know, I've, I've had one that I've always well, had a problem with. I can get the, some orange gloves or something like the... Like they use, uh, oh, we get, get, you know, something get, so you get, count get a little fingers. set of flags, you, you know, like they used to sell the little set of flags at the racetracks back in the 60s sometimes. And you wave a checker, or a, no, uh, a black flag or a red flag. We'll figure out what it means. Alan, you got something? You looked like you were dying to say something. Well, uh, we can always have a foot race up there. You know, whenever we have a rain out at Cherokee Speedway or we waiting for the rain to, you know, pass on over... We let the kids come down there, and people start putting up twenty dollar bills. Next thing you know, some kids walking away from there with two hundred dollars for a foot race mm. down the front straightaway. Uh, That's <laughs> neat. That's neat. You weren't referring to me though when you were talking about trying to go up the road. I, I didn't try to walk up. I don't think. Maybe I did. No, you rode a golf cart. No, I, a golf but cart. A golf cart spun out. <laughs> yeah, I had more sense than to try to walk it. But look, we're going to take our uh, halftime break here and come back and talk to Jeremy Clements. You're listening to Fox Sports 1400. We are Fox Sports. We're now on FM. Hear all of our programming at 98.3. Fox Sports 1400. WSPG Spartanburg. We are Fox Sports. 
And here's what you need to know. In the NCAA tournament on Saturday, two-seed Houston advanced to the Elite Eight for the first time since the five slamma-jamma days 37 years ago with a 62-46 victory over 11-seed Syracuse. 12-seed Oregon State to the Elite Eight for the first time in 39 years thanks to a 65-58 triumph over 8-seed Loyola Chicago. So it'll be Oregon State against Houston on Monday for a trip to the Final Four. Arkansas's Devontae Davis hit the game-winning jumper with 2.9 to play. They give the third-seeded Razorbacks a 72-70 win over 15-seed Oral Roberts, one-seed Baylor over five-seed Villanova, 62-51. So it'll be Baylor against Arkansas in the South Region Final on Monday. NBA Adrian Wojnarowski reports veteran free agent forward LaMarcus Aldridge is signing with the Brooklyn Nets. The Hub City Farmers Market is open every Saturday from April 3rd through December 11th. The Hub City Farmers Market features fresh local produce, meat, and dairy products. You can also pick up artisan crafts and bath and body products from local vendors. Every Saturday features live music and activities for the kids. Shop local with the Hub City Farmers Market, part of the Northside Harvest Park at 498 Howard Street. Open Saturdays, 8 a.m. to noon, April 3rd through December 11th. There's a new sandwich shop in downtown Spartanburg. It's the Sandwich Shop. Sam and Mitch are two local guys making roast beef, corned beef, and meatballs in-house. They pile it up high to build French dips, Rubens, and meatball subs. I know Sam and Mitch, and I can tell you, you're looking for a couple of ringers for your best ball foursome. I never slide. Look elsewhere. But if you're looking for great sandwiches, take advantage of the free parking at City Hall and visit the Sandwich Shop, 201 Wall Street, downtown Spartanburg. Providing for and protecting your loved ones is never more critical than when you aren't there to do so. Many people are under the impression that establishing a will is the first and last step to estate planning. That is why developing a formal estate plan can be one of the most important things you will ever do for them. A comprehensive estate plan can help you preserve and protect your wealth, control who receives your assets, and ensure that your wishes are carried out. Working with our estate planning experts, Trent Lancaster in the Spartanburg office of Jannie Montgomery Scott can help you prepare an estate plan. Contact Trent today to discuss your estate planning needs by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Jannie Montgomery Scott, LLC. Member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. Keep it here all baseball season long for the Braves, Gamecocks, and just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Just a bit outside, presented by Phillips and Law in Fuel of Chesney, has a new day and time. All four. Anthony Greer and Jordan Farrell will recap all the action on the diamond after the Gamecocks wrap on Sundays. All eight. Right here on your home for local baseball coverage. Well, how can these guys lay off pitches that close? Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Winning takes a strong team effort, and you'll win when you trust the Kaposi Glass Mart team for your commercial and residential glass needs. Storefronts, auto glass, safety glass for heavy equipment, window and insulated glass, patio doors and plexiglass, mirrors, experts. 
expert repair service. Plus, Kaposi Glass Mart provides 24-hour emergency board-up service. Call the Kaposi Glass Mart team today at 583-6200. That's 583-6200. Kaposi Glass Mart, serving the upstate since 1975. Kaposi Glass Mart, helping your team win. A few years back when we were ready to reopen the station, the water pipe burst, putting thousands of dollars of equipment in danger. That was one stressful evening, but one phone call to Thomas McGuire and PuroClean, the paramedics of property damage, and our stress disappeared. PuroClean rolled in, took charge, and rescued the station from severe water damage. Since then, I've used PuroClean at my house. You should do the same. Whether you're faced with fire and smoke damage, a flooding basement, or need carpet or upholstery cleaning, do what I do. And that's called 285-3530 for PuroClean. Live from the Fox Sports 1498-3 FM studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Gentlemen, start your engines. Impex Pre-Owned presents Start Your Engines. Find your next car, truck, or SUV at Impex Pre-Owned on Asheville Highway in Boiling Springs and ImpexPreOwned.com. Here's your racing team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Author and veteran motor sports journalist, Deb Williams. Local action from winning car builder and owner, Alan Hill. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. And now, here's your host for Start Your Engines. Racing historian and author, Perry Allen Wood. And welcome back to the second hour on Palm Sunday of uh, Start Your Engines here from Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. And it's my great pleasure to welcome to the show for, we've had him every year for four years. So uh, it's good to have you on again, Jeremy Clements. Good morning, Jeremy. What's going on, guys? Thank you for having me. Well, you're getting to be like a regular. They're going to have to get you an office around here because I hear you on Wednesdays and uh, now you're on with us today. And uh, uh, you're uh, you're really getting some exposure from uh, our radio station here and uh, hopefully a few bucks for that decal you've got on your car. And we, we appreciate you representing us. Yeah, it's been great. I tell you, uh, working with uh, Ryan Delaney and Ryan Clary and Smitty and everybody there has been, uh, been a lot of fun this year. And, yeah, running the decal has been great. Running Fox Sports Spartanburg 98.3. And, uh, yeah, they're going to... We're going to be on the hood uh, a couple races down the line, so that's going to be a lot of fun too. But it's been it's been really fun with all the support coming from it, and it's only gaining as we go. Well, I mean, you're doing so well so far this year, and I know you've given a lot of credit to your crew chief, and um, I, maybe Fox has got a little something to do with it coming on board. But we're we're proud of the job you're doing, and you're a you're a pretty solid ninth place in the point standings right now. You. Had a whole lot better finish last week, or, or you could have had a whole lot better finish last week and ended up 12th, but you, uh, I think you actually moved up a spot in the standings, and uh, you're sitting ninth right now. Yeah, that's pretty dang cool, man. I tell you, after six races, going to all these different tracks, being ninth in the points, the only small team in the top 10 with the big teams is, is really special to me, and it shows all the hard work we've done and it's uh most of it's paid off and we're definitely getting better as a team having mark this year over the off season has really helped you know we uh just never was able to get a full-time crew chief especially over the off season 
have one come in every day and, and just be able to pay him, to be honest. So um, having that and Mark's dedication and uh, his smarts and us putting our heads together has really definitely improved us as a team, and I feel like we're only going to get better. I really, really feel like we could uh, go for a shot to win one of these races, and uh, especially some of these tracks that we've never been to. And uh, a lot of these races... Man, they've gotten wild, you know, a lot of, <laughs> of wrecks. Yeah, and say the least. Things happening. So uh, been, it's been a lot of fun. I think I think the Xfinity Series is one of the better ones to watch on the weekend, too. Absolutely. Now, I'm looking at the standings, and you're only six points out of eighth where, with a, Justin Allgaier there, and you've got a 10-point bulge over Brandon Jones. So uh, you're, you're in a good spot with, uh, with what has happened so far this season, and I... I mean, I really think you're going to win one. Uh, I, it's be great if you had the Fox sticker on the hood. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Exactly. I'm telling you. I, hope, I hope that's the case. That's for sure. Uh, you know, we raced Martinsville in a couple weeks on a Friday night under the lights. That'd be oh, I didn't know really that. cool. And I've only raced there once, and it was last year. And uh, I, I really enjoyed it. De- we definitely learned a lot setup wise, and I hope. You know, I hope we bring back a better piece. And um, obviously, I'm sure everybody's thinking this. Yeah. Uh, we're watching film from last year. We're studying. We're going over notes, going over what we did, changing the suspension, getting all the big break stuff ready. So, uh, yeah, we're just because we got a week or two off, we're, we're still wide open at the shop. Now, one thing about it, Jeremy, we have always supported you, going to support you. And you keeping Spartanburg uh, racing alive, and you're doing good. I'm, you know, I went, we went down there. Where was it? Uh, Rockola or uh, the, the, the place R. J. where we had J. R. Rockers. J. R. Rockers. Rockola. Okay. R. J. Rockers. R. J. Rockers. R. J. Rockers. Well, go. I don't get out. Don't know that much about it, but I do know he had his Daytona car down there. And I'm gonna tell you what, that son of a gun was slick. I mean, I was stunned. Thank you. And how good that car is. So well, he, he's obviously it, got it some was good people. Until we brought it to Daytona. <laughs> well, anyway, well, it didn't come back quite as slick. But that's right. It ran good in the race. It ran really good. But uh, yeah, it it hit the freaking grass and the mm. grass tore it all to hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did. Uh, Jeremy, let me ask you a question now. Now you're, I'm especially proud of you and your family because uh, uh, you know we've got some first families of racing here in Spartanburg and. And I'm I'm proud of all of them. Of course, there's the Moores and the Clementses, and Alan Hill's family here has been running the short tracks for years, and and uh, and his brother's still being involved with the with the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. And of course, you got the Owenses and uh, the Pearsons. I mean, there's just a lot of families here. But when I was a kid, my dad used to take me around to a lot of the shops, and I just played in the race cars. and And my dad was a city policeman, and he talked to the to the the shop owner, and I, I I know he was real good friends with uh, Crawford Clements, who was actually your grandfather. How, how much do you remember about Crawford Clements and and uh, and his brother Louis, of course? But uh, how much do you remember your grandfather, and, and how did he influence your uh, uh, your path in life? Oh man, he's the one that got me started. He really did. I would be at the shop with him, sitting in race cars, rolling under him on the creeper, you know. Working on carburetors, I had no idea what I was doing, obviously. But he just—he'd probably just give me one that didn't matter and let me think I'm working on it. So, uh, <laughs> kind of like it was a lot of fun. Job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
me to this day right now. <laughs> um, no, he he's the one that got me started. He he uh, got me a racing go-kart when I was seven for Christmas, and then he started taking my brother Jason and I to Buck Creek Speedway Buck and Creek. racing uh, all the time. And, and he built us the cube band that put the go-karts in and took uh, care of the go-karts. And, yeah, he's, so he's the one got me started and then uh, he passed away unfortunately in 1996 six months after uncle lewis i remember all of it very vividly and uh man i wish he could i know he's looking down uh very proud of us i wish he could still be here with us he was a super smart man very uh innovative for sure him and him and his brother that's they're the one i've heard many stories about them so um i wish i wish i had those smarts well, I tell you what. Now, I wrote a book on the independent drivers, and there's a chapter on Joe Frisson, who unfortunately we lost not too long ago. But he tells a, a couple of great stories about he and, and uh, Crawford Clements with some of the stuff they did with the carburetors. And uh, and uh, just uh, Crawford Clements was just such a, a – he, he was with a lot of different teams here in Spartanburg. I remember going up to the shop that y'all are in right now when I was uh, – running around Spartanburg in the in the seventies and uh, he had Blackie had a big Mercury for Blackie Wangering up there that uh he was maintaining. I don't know how how long he was involved with that, but I just remember that big red number thirty nine in there and uh, and everybody swarming all over it. He he run pretty yeah, good he, old Blackie did. They had some motor and some car under it. If it if that car had, had a Bobby Allison in it, I mean don't get me wrong, I'm not throwing off on Blackie or Praise on another guy, but uh, when you crawl in the Clements car, that's something going to run. <laughs> and so they, cool they got a driver now were, called Jeremy. There was all kinds of cars in that shop all the time. I do remember that. You know, and, and staying on the same vein, our, our Legends guest last week was none other than 91-year-old Rex White. And he, wow. had, he had some great things to say about you, Jeremy. He because uh, I was talking about Lewis Clements, and he was talking about how innovative he and Crawford were, and uh, you can oh, listen, wow. so I said, you can listen to this on the podcast, <laughs> and uh, uh, he was saying, you know, what a great job you had done, and he even went and talked a little bit about your injury that you had, and he, he said they, and I already knew this, but, you know, I hadn't heard it in a while, how they sewed your hand to your hip, or, or yeah. I think he said in your stomach, I didn't think that was right, but I guess he just—I guess he just meant the Close area, enough. yeah. But but Rex was sharp. I mean, you know, and he just thinks the world of the Clements family and of you. And he said, "Jeremy is doing great." Man, I love Rex. He is so nice. What a just a nice, super nice guy. I can't say enough about Rex White. He he came to Darlington a few years ago, and man, I mean, he's so easy to talk to. And yes. had so many. I just enjoyed just. I didn't even want to talk. I just wanted to listen. So uh, guys like that, man, I love talking to them and hearing all about what they did and their past and how racing was then. And that's just so cool to me. And for him to say all that is really special to me. And I'll definitely go back and listen. I didn't even know that, actually. Yeah, if you can uh, just go to wherever you can get podcasts. And uh, I, just, I had an icon on my phone. I didn't even know what it did. And I just put in Start Your Engines and... uh all of our shows for four years are on there. So actually, you've got more oh shows, goodness. more shows than uh, uh, just the one that's going to be today. Uh, but what I, I remember now, what got it started, I uh, 
I was talking to Rex. We were talking to him last week about how beautiful his cars were. And I always thought Rex had the most gorgeous cars. And you and I even discussed this at RJ Rockers a few weeks ago. And, uh, and I mentioned that you had done a tribute car to him at, at uh, Darlington one year. And that's what got him started talking about you. And he said, yeah, that, that was quite an honor for him. Wow, for him, that's that's cool. For him to say that, like I said, that is that is special. I definitely want to go back and listen to that. But yeah, like he's ninety one now. I mean, ninety one, sharp, yeah, sharp as a tack, isn't he? Yep, he uh, Golden Thunder. Yeah, well, yeah, we were talking about his book, Gold Thunder, uh, which is uh, the same publisher as mine, McFarland, and I and I have read it, and it's of course a lot about your uncle Louis and and your grandfather in there. Um, but I, you're just part of the fabric of the history of Spartanburg auto racing, and it's such a rich, fantastic fabric. And uh, and you're still, uh, man, you're still weaving. <laughs> you're still putting, putting, uh, putting out numbers, putting out numbers, and, uh, and man, we, you're uh, you're just a real tribute. And I'm not uh, trying to blow smoke anywhere. I'm just telling you that <laughs> we're we're real tickled with you. I know you're getting a lot of exposure on our station. Uh, being at R.J. Rockers every Wednesday with an uh, open mic. But, you know, I take a lot of pride in uh, this is our fourth year, and we've had you on every year whenever we could get a hold of you. Yeah, exactly. I know. Sometimes I might be uh, having some fun, and I can't, can't uh, get on the phone, but I really enjoy being on your show and open mic on the Wednesdays, every Wednesday this year. But um, it does mean a lot that Fox Sports Spartanburg 98.3 wants to you know, support us as much as they do. They've been really big on that. And it's only going to feel like it only get bigger as well. So, and man, listening over the uh, commercial break, there, there's all kinds of uh, great partners of, of the station as well. Yes. A lot of them. So they've done a wonderful it, job. It's, it's really cool to see. They really do. The only thing I want to know, we got to get your daddy on the show. Your daddy can make more horsepower. I just, you guys should interview Tony. Tony, you should interview uh, Tony or Glenn, my dad and uncle, or and as well as uh, our crew chief Mark Setzer. I think that'd be two good interviews for you. Yeah, well, that's a good idea. Well, that's what I was talking about. Uh, I think I, I discussed it with you, um, Jeremy. You but but yeah, Mark Setzer. Uh, next week uh, we'll have a lot to discuss, but it's like a week off for NASCAR, and maybe that would be a good week to have him on. Uh, if we can't maybe set that up during the week because he's a he's a difference maker evidently definitely definitely i've uh i I felt like he was i always i saw him at another team a few years ago they weren't full-time and when they showed up they were really fast and you kind of owning your own team and driving it you're always looking at other people because people come and go so i have to look always on the People on the radar. So I saw Mark and I thought, man, he's really good. He makes that team really good because their driver didn't have a lot of experience. and But they always showed up more fast. And it seemed like a really good team. So as soon as um, I could get my hands on him, I, I definitely went after him. And tried to get him a couple years ago, but he already signed another deal. So, uh, yeah, it's really cool to me that we're both making each other uh, look better. So. I, I I feel like we're only going to get better for sure as the year goes on and we learn from each other more and more as well. Like, he learns what I need in a race car and all that kind of stuff. So, 
He's definitely been a difference maker, and yeah, I can hook you guys up for for next week. Well, let's let's. Uh, I'll talk to you about that during the week. Now, I'm looking at the schedule, and you, like we said, you're off next week, and then Martinsville, and then it looks like uh, 15 days until Talladega, and um, I mean Talladega. As far as I'm concerned, those are wild card races, and anybody could win them. Uh, not not that you need that kind of race, but I mean anybody could win it. That's a uh, you know, yeah, you don't know if you're going to miss the big one or or be in it or or what, and uh, that looks like a real good a real good shot for you. With and then Darlington coming up a couple of weeks after that, and, and then you're going to be busy just about every week. So, uh, um, put him on a road course and he can get it. Well, we got those coming up too. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, we. We've got a lot of different tracks coming up after we get through these uh, few weeks where we just race a week and then off a week. And I, I'm a racer, man. I wish we were racing this weekend, but I, I, I'm not. I, I really, I love dirt racing, but man, that Bristol looks like a mess right now. So yeah, we kind of glad that our our team is not there in that mess. Oh my gosh, it would take uh, it take a bunch of money just for tear offs and cleaning up <laughs> and. Uh, what a mess it's going to be. I hate it for all those guys. I hate it for the fans, really, too. You know, uh, all the rain up there. It, it just, it's a bad month up yep. there at Bristol. Uh, feel, I feel like every year they battle this. So maybe they need to move the race, yeah. the first race, to well, like April or, or May. Yeah, we just talked to Deb Williams, and she, uh, looking out the window, and she said, it, it, it does not look good. And I said, I said, well, that's uh, that's pretty pessimistic. She said, no, that's realistic. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. That's right. Well, Jeremy, we're going to have to let you go. It's great having you on, and maybe we can do it again later on. And and I, I absolutely want to have Mark Setzer on, and uh, and Greg wants to have Tony, so they can sit here and talk about things that might as well be Chinese to me. Uh, <laughs> well, well, can I can I just say one thing right quick? Go ahead, make it quick. Uh, they had invested a lot of money in the new CNC cylinder head stuff years ago. And Tony come over there and said, I can fix you a set of heads as good as what the heck you, you getting from that other machine, you know, off, off of Yates or whoever we was getting stuff from. And the first set he brought over there was within four horsepower, the best set I had. And we raced them heads. They run good. That's just how good they are. I was reading everybody in dirt racing. And I said, man, you get Clements, you got horsepower. Yep. So we want to talk to him too, because I, I I'm fascinated. We might get a little bit too far out in left field. You will like for that. me, I can tell you that. But, but, uh, <laughs> but, but well, I'll me and him will enjoy it. I know that. Okay, well, we'll uh, I'll turn you all loose. Maybe we'll give you a little ex, a few extra minutes. But Jeremy, thank you so much for coming on, and keep up the good work. And believe me, we're uh, we're hanging on everything you do here at Start Your Engines. Well, thank you guys. Hey, I got a lot of time left. I'm still, I'm still a young guy, so we're we're still, still got a ways to go here. I hopefully win some more races this year. I really appreciate you being on the show, and uh, we'll we'll be back on uh, another time. Thank I tell you, you what would be fun to get you in here as a co-host or something when uh, one of my cohorts that, here uh, can't make it or something. That can work. For uh, sure. Okay. Thank you very much, Jeremy. Um, good luck to you, and we'll be talking to you soon. All right, guys. Have a good Sunday. All right. Thank you. And that's Jeremy Clemens and a great interview. Yeah. Get, get Tony in here and let y'all go ha- go at it. Oh, I'm And I, I'll go. I'll walk down to the 7-Eleven and get the lottery tickets. No. <laughs> While y'all talk. <laughs> oh, I done forgot that. I need to go do that. Well, I it, wonder if it's raining. Well, I don't know. But let's take a break right here and come back and talk to Bobby Bennett. We're going to do some drag racing. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox.
1400-983 FM. Start your engines. We'll be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498-3 FM. Impex Pre-Owned is raising the bar in the car industry. Impex is a different kind of dealership. Family-owned and operated, Jamie Nodine and his wife Rita are Boiling Springs natives and proud to be serving the Boiling Springs, Inman, and Spartanburg communities. You won't get pressured at Impex Pre-Owned. You'll just get help finding your next car, truck, or SUV at a price you can afford. Start your search today at ImpexPreOwned.com. Don't just dream it, drive it at Impex Pre-Owned. Asheville Highway, Boiling Springs. You already know Palmetto Spirits is the place to go for wine, fine bourbons, and home bar essentials. But Palmetto Spirits is also the perfect place to pick up your favorite local craft brews like RJ Rockers, crowd-pleasing Budweiser brands, and world-famous imports like Stella Artois, Modelo, and Corona. Whether you're in search of the ideal wine pairing or the ideal gift, Jim and the staff at Palmetto Spirits will get it in your hands. Palmetto Spirits, located at the corner of Reedville and Anderson Mill Roads. Ricky's Drive-In West and Little Rick's East on Asheville Highway are your go-to stops for chili dogs, cheeseburgers, and so much more. Right now, all combos are just $6, and all kids' meals are just $3. And it's easier than ever to take advantage of these deals with their convenient drive through Do you have a big appetite or several mouths to feed? Ask for the drive through special. Ten hot dogs, a large fry, and a gallon of tea for just $22.99. Ricky's Drive-In West on Blackstock Road and Little Rick's East on Asheville Highway. The drive through is open. Follow South Carolina baseball all season long right here on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Ball hit well. Right center field. Eister has done it again. The Gamecocks walk off Clemson as Brady Allen crosses home plate. You can put spurs on a Gamecock win. Spartanburg's home for Gamecocks baseball is Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Make Phillips and Long Fuel Chesney your source for propane in Spartanburg County. They offer propane for hot water heaters, cooking, and heat. They can fill your grill tank and get you ready for grilling season. Not only do they sell propane, but they sell a large variety of propane accessories such as grill tanks and other appliances that run on propane. If your propane tank is running low, call and they'll have it filled within one business day. Call them at 864-461-8511. That's Phillips and Long Fuel, located at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. So you've heard me tell you these past few months about the best snack store in Spartanburg, Colonel Time. Well, now it's even better. Try over 80. That's right, 80 different flavors of the best sweet and savory popcorn I've ever had. They've got ice cream, chocolates, gummies, rock candy, and now they've got sauces and jellies. Did I mention ice cream cakes? This place has everything. And when we want to have a movie night at our house or reward a good report card or just want something sweet like our favorite, the Oreo popcorn, our family goes to Colonel Time on Reedville Road. Welcome back to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. And I'd like to welcome in that that was fortunate son. So here's our fortunate son, Bobby Bennett, who's coming through the mountains. I told him to stay out of the tunnels and uh, catch us up on drag racing. It's been a few weeks. And uh, welcome to the show, Bobby. 
Uh, wait a minute. I lost him. Let me see if this is him. Say something over there, Alan. Well, uh, if everybody watched in a little bit of a drag racing two weeks ago, you got to see that John Force made his return to the drag racing okay. scene. And uh, uh, it's glad to see on. that the Force family is back out there at the drag strips. And uh, got Bobby Bandit on the line now? I think we do. Bobby, you there? Oh, well, I, you, you're breaking up a little bit. Uh, go ahead and start telling us about... Uh, I know I watched some of the Gator Nationals on on TV, and I saw John Force, and he looks about like he did uh, 20 years ago, as far as I'm concerned. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I hear you right now. Okay. All right. Yeah, Barry Butt dialed me, I think. And I went over to get in thinking something had happened. That's why I lost the connection. Well, it's kind of it's iffy right now, I'll be honest with you. But you go ahead and uh, give us what you got and uh, stay out of the tunnels. <laughs> no tunnels. Not unless they built some while I came, uh, since I came up. Uh, gentlemen, I think the biggest thing that uh, impacts our uh, Greenville Farm area is that Atlanta Drummond Place this year will be the last time it operates the drag. Yeah, you told us something about that a couple of weeks ago, and that was, uh, but it sounded like uh, it, just, it just needed a buyer or something, right? And we've lost him again. I don't know if this is going to work or not. Well, I've seen for uh, Look, well, there he is. You're breaking up. We're, yeah. we're, go ahead. Oh, Go, you there, Bobby? I don't know if we're going to be able to. Well, I tell you what, this. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's going to work, Alan. What do you think? Well, I noticed one thing down there at the Gator Nationals is they had Camping World as one of their main sponsors, and that's who used to sponsor pretty much the Truck Series in yes. uh, NASCAR. And uh, if anybody watched that, you seen two campers get to drag race down. <laughs> the drag strip, and they had two uh, spectators there, and they said whichever one the, the, the lane that that person was standing in got to take that camper home. Oh, man. And they was up there screaming and hollering, go, 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 and come to find out, they get both campers away. <laughs> well, so, I tell uh, you, I'd like to see a drag camper. You could get a pretty big engine in one of those. Yeah. All right, he's calling back again. Let's 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 try this one more time. No, I mean, he can't even get a signal strong enough to dial in, so we'll just probably have to try this another time. It's uh, it's just not working, and I got a radio show to do, so... Uh, and I also got a text from Hank Gutton. All right, what's there. Hank say? Hank, they had to cancel out yesterday over at Greer Dragway. They're supposed to have a big $5,000 race over there, so they are planning on rescheduling it, and uh, we'll keep our audience up to date on when they're going to have this... Uh, big $5,000 race over here at Greer Dragway and uh, I'd like to thank Hank for texting that in to me yesterday morning and uh, letting us, you know, yeah. and kind of let, which we didn't have a show. I texted him back. I said, show's not till Sunday. So he just, <laughs> uh, he said, we'll get together some other time. Um, I wonder, now I know you did your part uh, with the local things. Are they running on Easter Sunday? Uh, yes. They, they are. Okay. So well, I, I mean, I thought you listed a lot of things there and uh we uh which uh 
you know, there's some, uh, I doubt we'll be raining on Sunday, but we'll be raining. Well, sometimes we'll be still raining on Sunday because it still runs over on Sunday after 12 o'clock, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, a lot of times at our local dirt tracks, we'll still be racing up to about one thirty, two o'clock in the morning sometimes. So, uh, we still have a long night there. Well, we got a little extra time here, so let me do some things. And uh, let's get straight to the weather tech because uh, I've got something I can read for you here. We'll just have to do Bobby Bennett another time. I'm sorry. I apologize. But uh, that's showbiz. The uh, weather tech series had the 12 hours of Sebring last week, and I was, I was deeply into it, watched it very closely. And... Uh, it was won by the uh, Mustang Sampling Cadillac, not the one we wanted to win, the car number five, with Tristan Vautier, Sebastian Bourdais, and Loic Duval were the drivers. Second was Olivier Jarvis, Harry Trinkle, and Jonathan Barmerito, and that's the number 55 Mazda. And I thought the third place was uh, the number 48 Ally Cadillac, which... Uh, as we had found out as we were on the air last week, um, Jimmy Johnson, well, he actually backed it into a wall on Friday. And then at the beginning of the race and why he started the car, I mean, somebody else probably needs to explain that to me. Um, he um, messed up right off, you know, pretty early in the going during the race. But they kept working on it and they persevered and they actually got that thing running. And it was the other one, the... The 31 car, the Wheeling Engineering car that had, had the most trouble and uh, lost a lot of laps and uh, really wasn't a factor after leading early. He got pushed around a little bit, uh, passing some of the... He got in a jam there going into the first turn between a wall and um, uh, 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 he made a move that maybe he shouldn't have, but there was a lot of lap traffic there and slower cars and he got a uh, he got some pretty bad damage there right off the bat. You saw that part, right? Uh, yeah, just a little bit too early in a twelve hour race to be uh, racing hard. Yeah, and uh, there wasn't enough room for the car there. But what I have here, and this is uh, from the Sebring website, Mobile One Sebring, twelve hours of Sebring, says the forty eight car was demoted to last in class, twenty eighth overall. Due to Simon Pagano exceeding the driving limit within a six-hour window, four hours, he exceeded it by 60 seconds. So what that, what that tells me is that um, you can't drive more than four hours within six hours. And, yep. and he, 60 seconds, I mean a minute. And obviously I would say he was in there because uh, uh, what it says here, and this is somebody's opinion though, Says uh, Jimmy Johnson failed to impress once again, and they tried to keep him on the shelf as long as possible. Now that's a sports writer saying that last part, and uh, so you know, I, I, I got to admit he hasn't been that impressive so far. It, it's a tough transition. I mean, you know, it's not easy to go from a stock car that he raced all those years and off road and all that stuff, and now he's trying to run a one of the most sophisticated race cars on the planet. Yep, and uh, preparing himself to get over into the IndyCar series, and uh, everybody knows what that deal is, and this is part of it. And uh, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong; I think they got Chad Knauss as a crew chief for the forty-eight IMSA car, and now you got a you got a crew chief there that's not used to having uh, 
to deal with drivers as far as time-wise, when to pit, when not to pit. You know, you just can't come in and say, well, I'm going to pit this driver right now to put another driver in whenever you're not going to make a full series pit stop. Yeah. So uh, you have to sit there and kind of... That, I ain't going to say that's one thing that they got them computers for is to sit here and kind of try to figure it out. And don't get me wrong, sometimes that'll win and lose the race for you. Well, it, it was unfortunate. I know they expected a lot better things from uh, Sebring, especially how they dominated that first race last year. And, uh, I, I, I just know that that last driver that they put in, he impressed you, didn't he? Oh, uh, Kobayashi <laughs> can drive a car. I mean, he was flying and he was passing them. Uh, as he could get to him, and he did work his way up to third place. Um, you know, it's a shame it went for nothing, and they had to go to the end of the the end of the class. The, I gave you the first two finishers. Third was the um, number sixty Cirrus XM uh, Curb Records uh, car of uh, Meyer Shank Racing. That was with uh, Juan Pablo Montoya, Dane Cameron, and Olivier Pa. Fourth was your. Your buddy, your favorite, Ricky Taylor, and uh, Philippe Al- Albuquerque and Alexander Rossi. And a car that was up there up front and had a lot of trouble was Ganassi's uh, Cadillac with Ringer Van der Zander, Kevin Magnuson, who, of course, drove the Formula One car last year for Haas and got fired, and Scott Dixon. So, uh, you know, they had to go to the end of the line behind all of those. And I don't even see the wheeling car listed here. But if we look at the points real quickly for... Uh, for Sebring, um, we have Ricky Taylor is the points leader, and he is in a three-way tie with Alexander Rossi and Felipe Albuquerque. Olivier Jarvis is tied for fourth with Harry Tinknell and Jonathan Bomarito, and they're eight points back. And then 43 points back as a whole uh, is three more, and these you can tell that these are in, in threes because of... Uh, you know, they run in three-man uh, three man cars, three stints during these uh, endurance races, which we've had two so far. We've had Daytona and uh, and Sebring. So uh, you got to come all the way down to 13th. 79 points back is Kobayashi, Pagano, and Jimmy Johnson. So uh, still a lot of racing left, a lot of season to go, but they've got their work cut out for them, and all it would take would be a couple of wins to get them going. Maybe we can have Mike on and uh, tell us what's going on here. Uh, they uh, um trying to find my schedule here to see when exactly it is they race again. Uh, here it is. They um, are actually... Uh, actually, I want to see when they got to put Johnson back in it. <laughs> <laughs> For, uh, okay, here we go. Um, on... Well, they're off until uh, May the 16th when they run Mid-Ohio. And then uh, June the 6th at Belle Isle. That's uh, that's in the middle of the Detroit River, I think, uh, up there in Canada. And June 27th is the six hours of Watkins Glen. So I guess that'd be the next one in June. And maybe uh, Jimmy can get uh, get his legs under him and do a little bit better job in that because uh, it looks like he needs some work. But he's a great driver, seven-time champion, and, uh, you know, I'm not going to bad-mouth him because he's uh, trying something new, and it's not exactly working out for him right off the bat. So, anyway, i tell you what. Let's take our last break, 
come back and go to the finish line, and I'll tell you what's on TV and uh, talk about Xfinity and the trucks. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Business owners, have product or material you need moved, shipped, stored? Upstate Logistics in Spartanburg has the expertise in transportation and warehousing you're looking for in Spartanburg County and beyond. For over a decade, Upstate Logistics has provided businesses with storage and logistics services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. Upstate Logistics, proud to be a part of our community, serving Spartanburg County and beyond since 2005. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and inventory moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. That's UpstateLogistics.com. Think of it as a delicious, delightful, delectable dilemma. See, right now at McDonald's, it's your choice. Either the cheesy McDouble or the six-piece chicken McNuggets. Or maybe you should go with the new hot and spicy McChicken sandwich or the perfectly golden small fries. Yep, any two for $3. Mix and match your faves. And all you have to do is choose. Um, you do have to choose. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Valid when product served. Keep it here. All baseball season long. For the Braves, Gamecocks, and just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Just a bit outside. Presented by Phillips and Lawing Fuel of Chesney. Has a new day and time. All four. Anthony Greer and Jordan Farrell will recap all the action on the diamond after the Gamecocks wrap on Sundays. All eight. Right here on your home for local baseball coverage. Well, how can these guys lay off pitches that close? Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Speedy Lube and Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway, and Inman lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. Where's the greatest return on your tax dollars? Elite Audio, where we offer the best in car audio, video, navigation, and custom design systems that are one of a kind. If you're like me, you spend a lot of time in your car, so make it safe with hands-free Bluetooth and keep the kids entertained with a mobile video system. The look of your ride is just as important as how it sounds. We also do wheels, tires, and accessories. Over 80 wheels on display at Elite Audio on Asheville Highway in Spartanburg. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram and check us out on the web at EliteAudioOnline.com. You dream it, we build it. Okay, and we're back, and we didn't have a little music come in there, but that's all right. We got Bobby Bennett again. Let's try it again, Bobby. He said, uh, did you say you got three bars, or you've been to three bars? I got, no, I haven't been to three <laughs> bars yet, but trying to find three bars is pretty <laughs> tough up here in Forest City. Okay, go ahead, buddy. What You you said you had some big news. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, unfortunately, it's not the kind of news I want to bring you guys. Uh, but since 1976, uh, drag racing fans in the Greenville-Spartanburg area have been visiting Atlanta Dragway. And earlier this week, the NHRA announced that this year's event will be the final time that Atlanta Dragway operates as a drag strip. It's been sold. Okay, now, uh, you had mentioned this to us uh, uh, the last time you were on, I think, and if I remember correctly, I was thinking it just needed a new owner or, or, or sponsor or something. But from what you're, from what it sounds like you're saying, and it's been sold to somebody that's not really interested in it, in it being a dragway. Turn it 
turn out the lights, the party's over. They're going to bulldoze the track, and we're going to lose one of our drag strips. Well, that's uh, that's a, uh, I mean, that's a shame. I guess uh, what would that be comparable to in a uh, stock car racing? Uh, uh, bulldozing, uh, well, bulldozing Atlanta or something? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was one of the major uh, drag trips, so it'd be it'd be like losing Atlanta Motor Speedway. Okay, well, that's a that's shame. That's well, uh, uh, a shame. Ever, I, I've never seen losing a drag strip as a good thing. I mean, when we lost our beloved Spartanburg Dragway in 1983, our, our town, even though it kept cranking out uh, championship drivers, uh, it was just a, just a bad deal all the way around. And, and that's such a bummer because it comes right on the heel uh, of such a successful NHRA Gator Nationals, uh, which uh, I believe the uh, local health ordinances allowed the track to open up to 85% capacity. And it they looked were pretty full. I'm sorry, I said it looked pretty full. Yeah, at the Gator Nationals, NHRA Gator National, it was open to about 85% capacity. But the, the real big thing is the Fox Sports broadcast was right. one of the large uh, that the NHRA has experienced in the last five years. So, so there's, there's reasons to be very positive about drag racing. There's always reasons to be positive about drag racing if you just think about it. I mean, number one, it's a sport where the cars go too fast to turn left. So that's the number one thing. So <laughs> that, there's your dig at NASCAR right there. That's all right. And dig away. Number two, it's the original extreme sport since Jed Clampett decided he wanted to put moonshine in his Model A. <laughs> and uh, it, it's just like, it's what we try to describe to somebody that's never been to the sport it's sensory overload. Yes. Basically, that's what it is. Every sense you have will be overloaded in increments of three to four seconds. Bobby, when we get a chance, when is that last race going to be in Atlanta? Did you say the date? I believe it's the end of April, early May, right around that time. All right, coming up pretty soon. Uh, I, I, no doubt you'll yeah. be down there, right? Uh, I think I'm working one day. Uh, I've gotten, gentlemen, I hate to break it to you, but I'm moving closer and closer to retirement. Well, stay I'm with us for three years old, and I'm about ready to retire. How old are you? Fifty-three. Oh, good. I'm sixteen years older than you are, and I got all kinds of. I can't retire. I, I got daughter in college. <laughs> well, I, I've got the last one. That's why I got out there and. And had her learn how to throw a fastball softball so she can she can uh, go on somebody else's dime. She's your meal <laughs> ticket. Hey, look. Yeah, yeah she's my trip out of the ghetto. When we get, when we get time, um, when it comes close to that last race, why don't you uh, uh, put us together a little something. We'll give you some extra time and just give us like a... A thumbnail sketch of the history of that drag strip and a lot in Atlanta and some famous things that happened there and uh, and some of your fondest memories. Actually, if you go on competitionplus.com right now, there's an article on the front page uh, that has about 
the early days of Atlanta Dragway and how it transformed from an IHRA racetrack that was just a, a so-so uh, track to an NHRA super track. Mm. So, you know, it, it, it did that in that time. And guys, I want to tell you, you know, when we talk about me retiring at, at 53, I've been doing this now for going on 41 years. I've been working on in drag racing and and probably for the last 31 or 32 years been on the road. And, uh, you know, some of my friends said, well, we worked in the print industry for, for 30 years. And I said, well, whoop-dee-doo, okay? <laughs> I worked in the Internet magazine age where every day is deadline, which makes my years in there like dog years. So I, by my calculations, I've worked over 140 years. <laughs> okay. Then you can retire. If you've worked 140 years, I'd say, I'd say you do a, uh, do to have a break. Well, Bobby, we want to get your own, but it's not working. It's some of my greatest memories and my greatest moments, but it's also giving me diabetes, a few extra pounds and the COVID. So, Mm. so forgive me if I I want to, uh, take the easy road for the next few years. But, Bobby, think about it. What else would you have rather done in your whole life? So it really wouldn't so it, so it really work. I could have handled all the other things, but that COVID thing, it can go on back to where it came from. Yeah. Well, I got my last shot last Monday, and, I've, and so ho- hopefully I'm in the clear. Bobby, we'll let you go, but I want to have you on more regularly. We've had a kind of a hit and miss thing here, and... Uh, and uh, and get some results uh, from like weekly results like we we get from uh, like I give and like uh, Alan gives from the local tracks and your insight into drag racing and and really uh, um, cover the sport like like I know you can, only you can do it so uh, let's uh, I'll I'll try to save this spot if it'll help you out any like this uh, ten what'll we get on the regular schedule when it'll, like from ten twenty to ten forty. We can make that your period to come on the show if that'll make it easier for you. And you come on when yep. you can, and and you're welcome every week. And uh, we won't have to play catch up. Well, I, I, I thank you. I thank you very much. I love your show. I love being a part of it. And I believe now when I say I'm going to retire, that's kind of a misnomer. That doesn't mean that I'm going to get completely out of drag racing. It just means I won't be traveling as much. And I still stay on staff as like a senior editor, senior writer, and the publisher. But I will bring in someone much, much younger. Not as good looking as I am. No, of course not. Definitely much younger and more spry than I am. My, my spryness is a little bit on the back burner right now. All right, Bobby. Well, we'll let you go. And uh, uh, hopefully you'll find time for us in, uh, in your semi-retirement. And we appreciate you coming on. Thank you, sir. Plus, right. I'll have bars next time. Okay. Yeah. Go to the Thank bar. You, Bobby. Call us from a bar, and we'll talk to you later. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Yep. All right. That's Bobby Bennett, and that made me feel good. He says he likes coming on the show. I, we've had trouble getting him because of his schedule and everything, and I thought maybe he wasn't too wild about this, but he just said he loves our show. Yeah. Okay. We got seven. We got eight minutes, Greg. Go ahead, quickly. Well, what I'm saying, uh, you know, Bobby's contributed a lot to the drag racing thing in different different ways and uh anytime you're involved in racing a lot of traveling and it wears down and different things but 
but he he's very knowledgeable and we'd love to have him on every now and then well, I mean, and or, we, or, we, we'll try to have him on regularly before yeah. i forget it let me thank lanny mckinney who maintains the budmore engineering website and our facebook page and is there a backup when we need backing up, which uh, looks like two weeks in a row we're okay. So, uh, Lanny, we appreciate everything that you do. Now, let me zip through some stuff here, and I got a little over seven minutes to do it. The cup race last week, of course, we talked about it some. Ryan Blaney won it, ran down Kyle Larson with, uh, what did Deb say, nine laps to go after Larson absolutely dominated the race. Larson's teammate was third. That's Alex Bowman. Denny Hamlin was fourth. Kyle Busch was fifth. Austin Dillon was sixth. Good finish for Jack Roush's car with uh, with uh, Chris Boucher. Eighth and seventh. Eighth was William Byron. Ninth, Martin Truex. And tenth, Kevin Harvick. And Kevin still can't get it together, Alan. I don't know what's the problem with him, but he's just, he's not Kevin Harvick this year so far. He's not Kevin, but I think he likes that dirt up there at Bristol. He had he had yeah. X's, but now he got, he got circled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, so the standings, and we have uh, six different winners, and uh, in order by the stage points that they've won, Kyle Larson is first, Martin Truex is second, Ryan Blaney is third, William Byron fourth, Christopher Bell fifth, Malcolm McDowell is sixth, then you've got the cars that are in there just on stage points, Denny Hamlin seventh, Joey Logano eighth, Brad Keselowski ninth, Kevin Harvick, 10th. Chase Elliott, 11th. Austin Dillon, 12th. Kyle Busch, 13th. Alex Bowman, 14th. Kurt Busch, 15th. And Chris Boucher has slipped in there in 16th. Uh, falling out was Ryan Priest. And if and if I go a little bit further, I'll give you the rest. This is who's on the outside looking in right now. And that would be Stenhouse is in 17th. Priest fell out to 18th. Bubba Wallace is 19th. He's not that far behind. And Ryan Newman is 10th. So um, they were going to line the cars up uh, in order of uh, points and things and formulas. And they had Kyle Larson on the pole with Denny Hamlin second. I've already been told Kyle Larson, I think, did an engine change and will go to the rear. Uh, So anyway, uh, it's whatever goes on up there. It, we'll be lucky to see anything today, so I won't get too much into the starting lineup. It's a shame they couldn't run the heat races. Um, we talked a little bit Xfinity with uh, our buddy Jeremy Clements, who uh, had a good day going till he got whacked in the rear end uh, one time when he was up on the high side, but he still finished 12th and moved up a spot in the standings. The winner was Justin Allgaier. This is the Echo Park 250. Uh, Justin Allgaier was first, Martin Truex Jr. second, Harrison Burton third, Nora Cragson, who got in a fist fight after the race. Uh, we're not going to have near enough time to talk about that, but he squared off. Um, who was that he was fighting? Daniel Hemrick? I think it was. Yeah, they uh, they had a real dif- difference of opinion there. And <laughs> they need to have more of them. Well, there was a, they were swinging the some fists. Uh, now, this was in the pits after the race. Almondinger was fifth, Hot Riley Herp sixth. Michael Annette seventh, Justin Haley eighth, Daniel Hemrick ninth, and Ryan Siege tenth. Jeremy Clemens, as I said, was twelfth. And looking, uh, and, and actually, here's what's helping Jeremy. He didn't have that great a finish. It wasn't that sorry, but he's getting stage points. After the first stage, he got um, he finished seventh and got stage points there. This is just extra points tacked on. And uh, in the tenth, uh, in the in the second stage, he finished ninth. 
So he got a couple of points there. Uh, but he, he, he didn't get any for the, for a finish, but the stage point sort of made it, uh, theoretically like he finished eighth or ninth. So, uh, it's a big help to get stage points. Uh, kind of like, uh, Kyle Larson. He got, uh, he got the stage points there and he's already won. So, uh, it automatically moves him on over. That's right. So the points after Atlanta, um, Austin Cendrick is first with a pretty big lead over Daniel Hemrick, who is second. Uh, Harrison Burton third, A.J. Allmendinger fourth, Justin Haley fifth, Jeb Burton sixth, Miat Snyder seventh, Justin Allgaier is six points ahead of Jeremy in eighth, Jeremy's ninth, and Jeremy's got a ten-point spread over Brandon Jones in that number 68 that's always kind of a thorn in his side. We got Formula One starting here in actually just a few minutes. I didn't touch on the trucks, uh, and we'll just uh, we'll let the trucks go until... Um, we see how if they run this week. Hopefully, they will. On television, coming up in about ten minutes is the Formula One Grand Prix of Bahrain. So that's live racing on ESPN two. You can watch that, and I hope that's not all the racing you get today, but it might be. Um, NASCAR is going to try to run the Cup race on the dirt at Bristol at three thirty. Looking very iffy, and or actually, I think doubtful might be a better word for it. And what did Deb say? Trucks at nine o'clock. I mean, that, they're going yep. late in the mountains, late tonight. And uh, sunsets on that racetrack, it will actually change that dirt a whole lot, as we saw uh, as far as practice wise yesterday. Well, I hope it changes it to dry well, Friday night. <laughs> yeah. Greg, yeah. what you got I there? Said, we I got all that done, and we got like a minute anyway. and a half to spare. So I just. I just we have good guests come on here, and they talk real good, and, and we got experts like Alan and, and Perry, who's one of the greatest historians, Arthur's and racing. Ah. And uh, I just really enjoy coming up here and talking about, it. and very proud of Spartanburg, especially when you start talking about Clements and those people, because Spartanburg was where it started. This is the it's a hub city, but it's also the hub city of racing. And, you know, everybody moved up to Charlotte, you know. Uh, we, we still got a pulse. But we, 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 we still, it's the racing town. Well, I also saw in, Na- in NASCAR, whereas up at Bristol, the crews are not allowed to change tires and everything. And then come speeding off pit roads. So I guess we could go up there and pit one of these cars. Non-competitive pit stop. Non-competitive. So let's go pit one today. They're going to freeze the field, and you come back out of the pits after the stage breaks with uh, wherever you went into the pits. Oh, we can change the tires on that and do it quick. Fuel it and everything else. Everything else. We better clean the windshield. Clean the windshield. Get some. (laughs) Clean that grill and that windshield. I'm going to tell you what. I'd take my foot and knock it out. What Jeremy say? He said it cost a fortune or something in tear-offs. So, uh. Somebody else said that up at a place I was last night. So Is that right? have a lot of tear off. Well, you know, and the grill was completely covered. I mean, I, I don't think those cars were breathing they much ne- at all. They need to have a water temperature gauge about as big as the tack. Well. They better be looking at that. Other than that, it, 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 the mainlanders need to watch where they're going. Okay. I hope we're able to see some racing today. Appreciate everybody joining in and listening to us this morning. And... Uh, Natalie, get our table ready. We're on the way up there. And we will uh, 
be there as soon as we can get there. You are listening to Start Your Engines, and we'll be on next week. Keep it between the fences. You've been listening to Start Your Engines. Tune in each Saturday morning at 10 during the season for the very latest in auto racing news, interviews, and guests from around the sport. To find out more or order Perry Allen Woods books on motorsports, visit McFarlandBooks.com. Start Your Engines has been a presentation of Fox Sports Spartanburg, LLC. All rights reserved. Listen to our programming anywhere on the web at SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. Fox Sports 1400, WSBG Spartanburg.